some people that make their work just another thing they have to do. And there are those that make their work something that they want to do. Welcome to Working on Purpose with your host, Elise Cortez. In our program, we provide guidance and inspiration from those people who have found deeper meaning and personal connection to their work life. It's beyond 9 to 5. It's Working on Purpose. Now, here is your host, Elise Cortez. Welcome back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for tuning in again this week. I'm your host, Elise Cortez, joining from Dallas, Texas, home base for me. This program is all about helping people more meaningfully and productively connect with their work and equipping organizations to do the same for their employees. It was originally inspired by the meaning and work research I've been doing over the last 15 years, and I'm now writing a book about, and it complements the work that I do at Insignium, which is a global management consulting firm. First, let me thank my media partner and sponsor, Jobbing.com. They are the leading locally focused job board in the nation, and they are dedicated to helping employers find quality talent in their own backyard while giving job seekers control over their search so they can find work close to home. Last week, if you missed the show, we were on the air with Dr. Norman Baldwin, who is professor of political science at the University of Alabama. He is also the author of Winning at Following, Secrets to Success and Supporting Roles. We talked about the importance of supporting and developing individual contributors in organizations, how supporters can develop their own value within the companies they work for, and how leaders can better support and grow those who follow and carry out their missions. Great conversation. For our conversation this week, we have Jarrett Grossman, who is the co-founder of Muscle Prodigy and well-known performance coach with a tremendous online social media following. We'll be talking about mindset shifts and the right habits to, to adopt for cultivating success in all endeavors and his own approach to helping people develop healthy and successful mindsets across life and work, along with he's got an eight-part process defining fulfilling work. Really fun conversation it promises to be. Jarrett joins us today from Boca Raton, Florida. Jarrett, welcome to Working on Purpose. Thank you so much for having me, Elise. It's an honor first, to be here. I, it's so lovely to say. And first, let me just say, you know I love that accent, Jared, that East Coast accent. <laughs> Where are you from originally? I'm from Long Island, New York. I love it. I absolutely love it. Don't ever lose that accent. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's just bring your, bring our listeners right into your world. I, I have a profound appreciation for what you've done in your life, Jared, and how you've turned yourself around when you were young. Um, you, people might say that you started off with perhaps a disadvantaged start to life. So will you tell us about that eighth, I think, or maybe ninth grade experience and what it's taught you about how to succeed in life? Uh, absolutely. So basically what happened uh, to illustrate, I got beat up when I was uh, in the eighth grade, as you mentioned, uh, by a kid younger than me. And it taught me that there's going to be a lot of bullies in life, whether it's people, individuals who want to fight you or whether it's bills or whatever the situation may be. And the only way to overcome them, they're going to come one after the other. And the universe is sort of going to point these uh, obstacles your way and continue to give you struggle until you look into the mirror and say that you've got to get stronger, both uh, from a mental aspect, a physical aspect. And that's when I really just understood the, the power of accountability. And I was able to transform my body. I doubled my body weight, so eventually got up to about 200 pounds overall and under 6% body fat. So I sort of mastered the art of that uh, physical transformation, and then I wanted to be able to empower other people to be able to get onto that. But most importantly, the mindset to just understand that if you envision something different or you don't like something the way that it is right now, that you do have the power to be able to change it. 
Fantastic, Jarrett. It's such an incredible testament to, I think, the human spirit. Um, and I know we're going to talk more about this, but just I got to grab it really quick. To what do you attribute your ability in that moment as an eighth grader to figure out that all important life lesson that you've really fundamentally built a business on? I mean, where did that come from? You know, I think some things are there. You're guided throughout the process, you know, a little bit of uh People in the, in your circle, in your direction that are sort of pointing uh, the finger or go here in a way. And definitely, you know, people around me, my parents, um, uh, I had some mentors in my life, for instance, uh, uh, a wrestling coach who really believed in me and instilled a lot of confidence in me before I even had confidence in myself. And at that point, it was just a, uh, a ball that took momentum and just snowballed. So, uh, you know, people come into your life, they'll give you tips and pointers, and you could either have your ego up and say they don't know what the hell they're talking about, I think, or you could really just internalize it and say maybe they've got uh, something here, and then you can get to work. Mm. The power of a really good association is well illustrated there. Thank you for that, Jared. Um Okay, I want to get into the story of how you actually started Muscle Prodigy. I think one of the things that I find fascinating is, well, one, how people actually come about starting a business, and you have created a very successful business. And I love being a management consultant and working with people that have already well-established businesses, but we often forget how they actually begin. So will you tell us the story of how Muscle Prodigy came to be? Absolutely. So I was in college with my uh, childhood friend, Richie Allen, and... We were really into weightlifting. We lifted at this gym called Bev Francis Powerhouse Gym. It's known as the East Coast Mecca of bodybuilding. Uh, So you got Venice Beach on the West Coast. This was sort of the East Coast. And um, there's bodybuilders of the the highest stature who will go in there and work out every single day, whether it's uh, Mr. Olympians like Phil Heath or Jay Cutler or Ronnie Coleman and so forth. So we grew up around this this camaraderie and this community. And we were really passionate about fitness. And I know what it did for me uh, in my life. And there was such a strong emotional response within me that uh, I really understood the power of transformation and change again, not just physically, but uh, mentally, that if you don't like something, you can change it. And there's nothing more powerful than being able to see that that change in the mirror take place right before your very eyes that then you could say, well, maybe I can, you know, make this relationship better or the way that I respond or react to certain people that come in my life or if I want to make more money or have a, a greater impacts on, on society, whatever it is. So it's just crashing down those limiting beliefs. And uh, one of those limiting beliefs that I, that I had was that you can't really make money in what you're passionate about. Uh, I'll, I'll give you sort of a prelude. I, I was heading down a career in investment banking, worked for a pretty large investment bank firm, and then uh, quickly realized, you know, that might not be where my calling is in essence. And I went to law school uh, and quickly realized that wasn't my passion. So started up this blog while I was in uh, law school with Richie Allen. Uh, We wrote hundreds of articles, thousands of articles, did lots of videos to promote it. And then you sort of gain a little bit of notoriety of following it's it's very incremental changes you know it's not like uh you know these these huge leaps and bounds that come overnight but after years of plugging away you do get um some rewards and so forth but that's sort of how it how it spawned and from there you know we're 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 continuing to just innovate and provide as much as much value as possible to our our customer and user base 
I have to call out really quick, Jared. That's fascinating. I, too, for the longest time, didn't think that you could make money at your passion. I, mm-hmm. well, I, will, I will fully confess that. And I appreciate very much that you had the same belief, limiting belief. Yes, yes, absolutely. You know, you, you view work as sort of a grind, especially when you expect a lot of yourself, your family expects a lot out of yourself, that you got to... Um, you got to go down the traditional mantras. You know, I come from a, a family of uh, high achievers, so to speak, you know, and uh, you, 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 the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. You expect a lot out of yourself, as I'm sure you do, Elise, right? And uh, that, that, that carries over. But there's certain professions that we blanket as being, you know, the we made it type of thing. And then there's other things that your heart may be calling to that you may doubt to say, well, how, how can I turn this and monetize it? And you you can if if you uh, if you really just open your eyes to the right um, behaviors that it'll take to succeed there. Mm-hmm. That's so encouraging for our listeners out there that are trying to do just that, monetize their passion. Um, one of the things that I also find fascinating and compelling about you, Jared, is you have one of the clearest mission statements that I've really ever seen, and I think that's got to be part of what drives your success. For our listeners who don't know it, will you say it? Will you articulate it for us? Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of power if you could break down what you do into one sentence. And this took me a little process to be able to do. Uh, actually, it took me over a year to really boil it down. Like, what what, what, what do I do when you really peel uh, the, the onion layer by layer? And eventually, I was able to come up with this phrase, which is basically to impart wisdom upon as many people as possible to basically allow them to help uh, understand themselves better. So everything stems from there, which is just basically everything's a communicative device to get people to uh, lead a better life, a life of more truth, so to speak. And uh, if you can be that living example, you've done your work in life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And speaking of living living example, another thing that I wanted to ask you about, you, you do strike me, Jared, as a, literally a living, breathing advertisement, walking your talk. I mean, you, you talked about all, the, all of the articles that you wrote before, and then I know that you wrote a blog every single day for a year, and today you enjoy 300,000 unique visitors to your website, and you do a video, I think it's every day that you put on YouTube, something like that. So... I, I think that this kind of discipline is, is really quite fascinating. I want to understand why did you do this and what did it do for your business? Sure. Yeah. So in, in the beginning, like anything in life, when you first try something, you're not, you're not going to see huge rewards necessarily overnight. Sometimes you get um, a, a, li- a little gift, so to speak, from the universe, God, whatever you believe in kind of thing. Uh, and, and, and eventually it's going to slow down. There's going to be a mud that you got to go through. And it's, it's almost like a test. You got to make it through that. And there will be incremental uh, gifts or changes along the way. But most importantly, it's a, it's a test of your commitment and your will and your discipline, like, like you mentioned. But also, unconsciously, you might be doing things uh, and you might be good at them. But then you slowly try too hard. And then you have to sort of consciously understand what what your real gift is or what you're good at or what, what, uh, what people are drawn to and when the marketplace responds, why are they responding? And then that's a whole process that takes shape to then align sort of that conscious with the unconscious. And that's, that's sort of a, you know, an esoteric kind of description of what's going on. But, um, yes, wrote, wrote tons of articles 
uh, to try to get exposure and so forth. You get get little pickups here and there. Uh, and I did do a video every single day for a year on YouTube and gained uh, 100,000 subscribers through that uh, through that uh, methodology, essentially. And uh, it taught me a tremendous amount about myself, just communication, influence, and all that stuff, just human behavior. As I listen to you talk, Jared, what comes to my mind is, as you mentioned, just really literally walking your talk in all these different aspects, it, it strikes me very much as just really being profoundly authentic in a way that makes you reachable, tenable to people. Is that, are you, is that part of what's happening here? Is it what you attempt to hope would happen? Oh, I, I appreciate that. I, and that's something that I definitely had to work on to, over the years is being more and more transparent. And that's not an easy process. You know, um, we, we do like to guard certain things about ourselves or have a defense mechanism up, all of us. But um, the more, you know, transparent, you could live a life. And, and there are no secrets anymore in a way when you think about it with technology, uh, the way that it's progressing, you know, more and more of your life is getting exposed to the public eye. So the, the more you can lead a righteous life behind closed doors, then you, you, the less you have to fear ultimately. And then if you could, you could walk in that path, then, um, then, uh, you are that living example. You know, Just a quick example of that is another guest that I had on on the show a few months ago, Sean Anderson. He's all about going the extra mile. That's what he writes about. He's a motivational speaker. He's a coach. And what he does, Jared, is he literally will go into a country and literally walk from one end of the country to the other, usually over the course of about a month or three weeks. He literally goes the extra mile. So there's this whole notion of everything about his message is intertwined across his life. Is that kind of what you're getting at, too? Uh, Absolutely. That's unbelievable. (laughs) Yeah. He's a great guy. I highly recommend. His stuff is great. I just am a huge fan. So that's what resonated for me when you were talking. Sure. Yeah. One of the other things that I wanted to share with with our listeners today is just this whole foundation that you came from, Jarrett, from wrestling. And, uh, you know, what we didn't say yet really per se, what we haven't really grounded this conversation in is that those early experiences where, you know, you were in wrestling and I think for a while you weren't winning anything and then you went to become a champion. Um, so maybe you could say a bit about that. But what I want to get to is the lessons that you learn from from wrestling and how maybe you think they can be applied to other areas of your life, whether it's business, relationships, total well-being. Can you connect those dots for us? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thanks for bringing this up. Um, wrestling is a, a individualistic sport mainly. You got you got a team element involved, but there's no one you could blame. You can't displace blame on anybody else. And that I learned that lesson very early in life that the less blame you place upon other people, whether it's you blame your genetics or your parents or you blame your circumstance in life or whatever hand you were dealt or people around you that it's this person's fault, the less you you do that, the more power you ultimately gain and the better your life, your quality of life will be. Um, but most importantly, what it really taught me is this, this aspect of mental toughness. Uh, I, I believe that I was a little soft before I took up wrestling in a way, uh, mentally, and it just opened a whole new world for me. And I think that our, I'm 29, so I live in a generation amongst um, where what guys like David Goggins who call soft, a softened generation in a way. And I, I believe it's 100% true. Now, I believe that it's important in a way for innovation, that laziness, for instance, breeds 
uh, delivery at your door, right? So it's it's innovative. Uh, the, the iPhone and and all the all these stu- stuff apps that that we have convenience comes out of the form usually of of laziness in a way. Um, but you also have to have a mental toughness, you know, element. And I think that um, it, it, wrestling was was sort of that pat that that rite of passage for me to be able to adopt that certain things that I had to go through, whether it was cutting weight. Um, and just uh, five five practices a day. I went to one of the most intense wrestling camps in, in the country uh, and tournaments every single weekend and so forth. And that, that grind and rigor that you put yourself through, you just look back and you have that as those as reference points to be able to go back and say, you know, I could get through this moment because look at how much other stuff I've done. And, uh, and I do believe, you know, the people need more mental toughness in their life. You know, uh, if you just look at it from like average things that go on, I mean, the empire state building, I think was built in about 14 months. I mean, they've been working on the, the belt parkway for about eight years now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it and there's look, there's a lot of red tape and stuff that we didn't didn't have back then and so forth. But if you think about it, you you could compare generations, and there there was a certain mental toughness that that was there. And if you if you can adopt that, you're going to succeed in life. Grit is really this hidden element and X factor that everybody needs to adopt. Thank you for that, Jared. That was just the tying knot I was looking for. Beautiful and perfect way to take us into our first break. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. We were on the air with Jared Grossman, who is the co-founder of Muscle Prodigy and a sought-after life coach and business consultant. He's the author of Cracking the Code, The Hidden Success Behind Success and Leadership. He joins us today from Boca Raton, Florida. We've been talking a bit about his whole approach to business, how he got into it, and the importance of developing a mental toughness. Stay with us. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, 
back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just joining us, my guest is Jarrett Grossman, who is the co-founder of Muscle Prodigy and a sought-after life coach and business consultant. His world-class advice is drawn from his early childhood woes and of muscular transformation. People from all walks of life, including C-level executives, pro athletes, students, and sales managers have come to Jarrett looking for a transformation in their life, including career empowerment, financial stability, relationship success, emotional mastery, and physical health. He's the author of Cracking the Code, the hidden success behind success, leadership, and the uh, I want to get this right, and leaving a legacy. So important. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. So we got a pretty good foundation of where all of this came from, Jarrett, where, where really all of this uh, amazing chutzpah, I like to call it, started from. And now you've taken and created an offering to help other people. And I also want to call out that you're only 29 years old. I'm really jealous. I wish that I would have been able to find a way to orient my life the way that you did at that age. It would have been amazing for me. So kudos for that as well. Yeah, I appreciate it. And th- look, there are 14-year-olds who are blowing me away. So it, there's always there was always something, right? It's but- all relative then, right, <laughs> huh, Jared? Okay, good to know. Okay, cool. Well, for this next segment here, I want to kick us off. You know, when we, you and I first spoke in our introductory call about your approach and you want to be able to, cr- to make a shift, um, you create a vision and, a rever- and then you reverse engineer it. And that, I, I, I know that concept. I am not at all good at it, by the way. It sounds pretty simple at the outset, but what is really involved to pull it off well? Sure. So uh, I think that I'll sort of get a little deep on, on you. I think you, you and your audience can handle it. You know, you, you put out a lot of intellectual stuff. So right up my alley. But basically, time is the fourth dimension. And we don't really uh, think of it this way. But if we were in a two-dimensional world, you would think 14th Street and 2nd Avenue, for instance. Now, mm-hmm. in a third-dimensional world, it would be 14th Street, 2nd Avenue, and the 8th floor. Now, just because we live in a two-dimensional world, it doesn't mean the 8th floor doesn't exist. It just means we can't access it. So we're in a three-dimensional world, but the fourth dimension of time, we can't access the future or the past. We're prisoners of the present. But it doesn't mean that it's not there. It doesn't mean it's not going on right now. But I, I truly believe that the future is within us. Um, and if you could really just open to this concept that we get glimpses of ourselves in in the future that we're um, destined to accomplish something, for instance, or these dreams or visions just come to us, these waking dreams. um, And they come to us out of nowhere in a way. And they almost show up like if I say where you're going to be, where are you going to be at least in, in 10 years or 20 years? Is there an image that pops up? Oftentimes, it might be a gray scale image. And it might be fuzzy, it might be dark. And what I do with my clients is I try to hone in on this and and don't shy away from it. But now we're going to really uh, crystallize. We're going to add color to it and we're going to turn it from this still image and we're going to create a movie out of it. You're going to describe it in immense detail. Who are you with? What are you wearing? Who else is there? Where are you? And uh, really hone in on the qualities that you possess. See, Arnold Schwarzenegger, what he said is that visualization was his greatest gift. Uh, and, and I think many, many of us have unconscious gifts, all of us do, and you want to find out what – success always leaves clues, right? There's always hidden, a hidden blueprint, so to speak, and if you can extract what's going on behind somebody's success, and I believe that Arnold's, this was a major critical component, but if you can consciously do what these po- people unconsciously do, uh, that they're 
sort of gifted with, naturally, you could you just need to figure out what's going on in their mind. I'll give you an example. My girlfriend, for instance, has an uh, unbelievable memory. And I really just dug deep with questions in terms of, well, why is that so? And what I, what I found out after this questioning is that there's mental images that she's creating every time if she wants to remember a sequence of numbers, she's relating these numbers to events in her past, for instance. Now, most of us don't do that when we're trying to do it, but that's why she has an exquisite memory. But now you can consciously do it. So it was just really understanding this, this real gift that Arnold had, for instance, that, allowed, that opened my eyes to this, that, okay, he saw... Uh, himself on a bodybuilding stage at the exact arena that he was going to win it years uh, prior to him actually winning it. But he saw it in such detail with people's faces, for instance, them screaming, Arnold, Arnold. He saw the bodybuilders around him. He saw the wood grain floor on the stage. Uh, but it, was, it wasn't a still image. It wasn't gray. It wasn't dark. It was a movie that was playing out in his mind. And then it was like autopilot for him. So once you could tap into that real glimpse, it's not it's not fake. It's not just like this dreamland. It's real. It's within you. It's the future. Uh, it's like if uh, when the CD-ROM, when you put it in and you press you press play, you're listening to it or, or viewing it for the very first time. But the disc was encoded all the way back in the lab. It was all in the, in the warehouse, right? So you're just open the package for the first time. You got to believe if you believe in an afterlife, so to speak, many of us do. That means that this comes before the afterlife. Well, what's to say that there's not something that comes before this. And mm. once you, you recognize that, then you say, well, then there's information that was probably encoded before I even got here, so to speak. And now it's just a mat- matter of tapping into it. That was incredibly crisp and compelling, Jared. Thank you for that. I, I really got present to one just really, really painting strongly the picture and, and, and even just the sight, smells, sounds, everything in there, that, that really brought it home for me. Thank you for that. Absolutely. All right. Awesome. You, you'll tell us your, 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 that image that popped up, hopefully. <laughs> well, I will, but probably off air for starters. Right. No, who knows? Who knows? Maybe I'll share it. But I did get one. It was interesting. All right. Good. Good. Um, and speaking of that, Jared, you know, here you are, a young, very accomplished man, and you've already coached hundreds of people. I don't know. Maybe there's, maybe it's even thousands of people. And if you add the group settings in there, what I want to get from you, and if you share this for the benefit of our listeners, what do you, what have you learned by doing that kind of work that might be useful for our listeners to know? So after studying all these different people with uh, different dreams or desires or situations that they want to overcome, what we're all seeking in a way is fulfillment. And fulfillment is twofold. It's basically, it's an inner blueprint of achievement that we want to achieve. And everybody's got sort of an inner blueprint and to, dis- to discuss exactly what that is, it's like a seed going into the ground and it's either going to be a pine tree or an oak tree. There's a destiny, there's a purpose there and it's within us too. Uh, and then the second part is, is feeling at peace within along that journey and obviously when you accomplish certain things. So you need both elements, but basically what, what it is, is it doesn't matter who you talk to and what their situation is, we're all usually going through a journey and we've got some lots of strengths and we've got some challenges or weaknesses, but everybody who I've worked with is looking to rid of any and all suffering for the rest of their lives, essentially. Mm. Um, it, it, it's everybody and it's, you break, break down the root. So my quest and obsession has been, how do I find those answers to be able to eliminate suffering in people? 
essentially. And and there are commonalities and root causes, and and uh, you know, I could I could go into detail with that. I can tell you that I don't know what answer I expected you to say, but that wasn't it. That was so much better. <laughs> that was profound, Jarrett. That's that's really amazing. I just got to take a moment and take that in for just a second. That was that was that kind of took my breath away, Jarrett. <laughs> awesome, thank you. It, it is awesome. Well, the first thing that you said, and I wrote it down there. I love this. What you just said there—that fulfillment is an inner blueprint of achievement. That is just cool and profound. I know that you have an eight-part process that you have worked on to toward achieving fulfillment in life and work. And of course, I'm hopelessly curious about that because I get people all the time asking me, "How do I, how do I find fulfillment, especially at work?" Will you share with us this eight-part process? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, basically, what we were hinting on earlier in terms of the fulfillment, the peace within, and and understanding the hundreds of thousands of people that I've worked with what those root causes are, it really comes down to eight areas of life. And what, what I like to do is um, you could draw out a, a wheel, for instance. There's lots of like wheels of life and, and you could map out this sort of like a pizza pie and split up these eight sections. So you could do mission as one and I'll get into um, in detail exactly what each of these eight stand for or symbolize. Mission We've got abundance as another one. We've got control. We've got connection. We've got family. We've got foundation. We've got wisdom and we've got legacy. Now, let me explain a little bit, but basically what we want to understand is that uh, we all have strengths and weaknesses that are going on right now. The more you focus on your strengths, you're probably furthering the imbalance of your life. When we get motivation, we're usually ramping it up in the areas where we're already strong. I'll give you an example. I was a wrestler. I was beginning to work working out for a majority of my life. There were other things that were crashing and burning in my life. But every time that I listened to a pump-up song, I got juices flowing. It was always go to the gym, run, do, do a workout, right? So many people are there. It, for instance, it could be career. You're totally invested in career of somebody and – Every time that you get energy, it's like back to the office, do this thing. And, but meanwhile, other things are suffering. It could be your health. It could be your relationships or so forth. So it isn't until you figure out where these weak points are that then you could start bringing your life into balance, experience a better quality of life, and then you could then uh, uh, hyper-focus in your career, for instance, and, and, and uh it's sort of like a, a micro mi- macro thing. The mi- macro has to have balance. The micro within your career has to be all chips, all in, in, in a discipline, for instance. But uh, I'll, I'll walk you through each of these eight areas uh, if we have time. Yeah, basically, please do. Go for it. Yeah. So mission is basically you're, you feel like you're on a mission every single day. Career empowerment, like you are making a difference in, you know, on, on earth with your work. Uh, we've got abundance, which is financial stability, obviously, just understanding the financial game and investments and all that stuff. It's a, obviously a very important tool of money uh, and overlooked by a, a lot of people, you know, in terms of you, 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 it's a resource. It's, it's like a hammer. You could build a house with it. Uh, and, and money is just going to allow you a great opportunity to do lots of things. And then we've got, we've got control, which is managing and mastering your emotions. 
if you could reframe any negative thought you get and to take positive action, you're a master of your emotions, right? There's many other people who they get a negative thought and then they live with depression or anxiety for weeks or months on end and they don't know how to snap out of it. That's, there's a deficiency there. We've got connection, which is a spiritual connection to the universe, to yourself, um, to a higher power, for instance, whatever you believe in. We've got family. I believe that family is the brick of society. We're not an individualistic society. We're a familial society. And uh, how, how deep is your relationship with your significant other? Do you really feel like you have a soulmate? Do you connect at a deep level? Um, did you, are, are you a great, great parent, uh, brother, sister, all that kind of stuff? Um, and then we've got foundation. Foundation is your health, your internal health. Hopefully, everything's going on okay. Externally, you like the way you look, although I believe that's more ancillary in a sense. And then we've got your energy levels, which are highly important. Do you really feel like you're on fire every single day? And uh, that I call that foundation. And then we've got wisdom. How much mental training are you put your, putting yourself through and growing? And then we've got legacy. This is the outward expression of yourself. How many people, for instance, would be moved by your loss, not even as an egotistical type of thing in terms of your your funeral, how many people would show up there in, in essence um, because they would be so saddened by what you, what, what you impact you made and, and contributed to society. I really appreciate that you articulated all eight of those the way that you did, because I really like to make sure that my listeners can walk away with something very actionable that they can put right to work. So that was a very generous share, Jared. Thank you. I got I got a lot from that, too. Yeah. And and I and I it's that whole notion of legacy is fascinating to me, too, as somebody who works with executives. What people don't necessarily get is that you don't have to be an executive or a leader or a leader to leave a legacy. And that's just so important that the way you articulated that applies to all of us just gorgeous yeah and friendships you know would be included in that as well how, how deep is your impact with just the people in your 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 circle kind of thing yeah. you know that's the legacy that you're leaving every single day yeah 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 um, now you sort of talked about this Jarrett, but i wanted to call it out specifically because i've been long fascinated with 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 the idea and the area of motivation and you have you said many things about it around it in a different way. But if you can't, if you could tell us as a performance coach, how do you or maybe don't you help people understand and activate their own motivation? So, in terms of motivation, there's two types. There's push motivation and pull motivation. So yep. push motivation is basically, you know, yelling at somebody to accomplish a task, or uh, you drill think drill sergeant. Um, that that Navy SEAL image that we get in our head or whatnot, that um, you got that disciplinary you know action behind you. Now that's that will get stuff done, but usually short term. As soon as that goes away, then what else is driving you? You relied on this external source forever that now you don't have anything internal. So pull motivation I find is much more powerful. You know, external motivation is more like a bath. You need to do it every single day. You need to find something inspirational from outside of you. But again, going back to this vision and what you ultimately want to achieve, that's the real pull. That's what's going to get you that Arnold autopilot where he said that he didn't have to you know, worry about eating broccoli and pushing himself to failure and push himself to do it because it was just it was so deep the vision and, and it was intrinsic it was internal within him uh, it, it, it was there was such deep reasons behind why he wanted to accomplish this thing that it was almost on autopilot and that that's a place where I try to get my clients to 
another very crisp articulation on that, Jared. I, as a, a person who studied psychology, of course, I'm familiar with extrinsic and intrinsic motivation. And the way you distinguish push and pull is so much more, there's more that I think people can attach themselves to the way you describe that. So very, very helpful. Awesome. Amazing, yeah. Yeah. So your motivation, can you, while we're on the, on the topic of motivation, how do you keep yourself motivated toward your, your, what you want in your life? I know it's got to be related to your mission, but how do you keep yourself on track? Um, sometimes it's hard, you know, I'm not going to sit here and act like, you know, every <laughs> day is just like, um, you know, this beautiful grand mirage kind of thing. Um, you, you got, you got to, you got to do look, you have to look for certain sources that are going to, that resonate uh, deep within your core as who you see yourself as. So for instance, Bruce Lee, what he did is he did something very taboo. He, he studied lots of martial arts disciplines and it was uh, taboo because it was disrespectful to the dojo you, that you basically had to be committed to one. And he recognized, no, there's lots of things I can take away from lots of disciplines. And he came up with this phrase, basically, extract the useful and discard the useless. And with that being said, you got to do that with certain people, for instance, qualities. You look up to them um, because they're speaking out to certain qualities that you probably already have a little glimpse of, but you feel deficient in it. Because it's not, again, that future timeline where you're going, you're supposed to be, that once you really tap into it, then you could actually close the gap and you could recognize I'm going to extract the useful from this person, from from this. And there's and I'm talking about with people within your inner circle. Everybody's doing something right at every second kind of thing. And it's up to you to either extract what's going on um, to, to benefit you or you could just shy away and just say, well, uh, this is nonsensical. It's useless. I don't th- this person is uh, a pain in my you know what. Uh, but they're probably doing something that you're just uh, you, you're just missing, or your eyes aren't open to it. But if you could really extract it, and and that's sort of my motivation is just to be the best person I could be, and that's moving towards a concept of being um, goodness is the best way I could describe it. Just totally uh, pure energy, and that's only going to come by by finding the beauty in all things. Mm, what a beautiful way to take us into the break, Carrot. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We've been on the air with Jarrett Grossman, who is the co-founder of Muscle Prodigy and a sought-after life coach and business consultant. He's the author of Cracking the Code, The Hidden Success Behind Success, Leadership, and Leaving a Legacy. He joins us today from Boca Raton, Florida. After the break, we're going to get into really the whole notion of mindfulness and how we can bring that into various aspects of our lives. Stay with us. on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. 
We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Elise. A-L-I-S-E at EliseCortez.com Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just tuning in, my guest is Jarrett Grossman, who is the co-founder of Muscle Prodigy. People from all walks of life, including C-level executives, pro athletes, students, sales managers, and the like, have come to Jarrett looking for a transformation in their life, including career empowerment, financial stability, relationship success, emotional mastery, physical health, spiritual connection, mental training, and contribution. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. So for this last segment here, we want to get in, I want to get into a few things, especially around this notion of mindfulness, which is something that does get talked about, but I'm not sure that people fully, fully understand well. Um, but before we get into that, Jared, I have to ask, as a person who is currently writing her first full book, I got to ask, why did you write Cracking the Code? And and when, what is it that you hope to leave your readers with? Awesome question. So uh, I've always wanted to write a book. I didn't know how I would go about doing it in a way. And uh, many people within my inner circle, for instance, you know, employees of mine, for instance, and also um, family members say, you know, you should write a book because I was at the dinner table just spewing a lot of this stuff so forth. Um, so it came about from from that where I would actually just made sort of a decision to say, OK, I'm going to do this now. The process and hopefully this, this helps you out, at least like it did me, that it's much more difficult to sit down and write from page one. Uh, onward and and have sort of this set plan. It's going to be X amount of chapters and I'm going to write the 300 page book. For me, it was more take my content that was already out there and compile it, organize it in a very succinct fashion and uh, expand upon it, elaborate upon this idea that you wrote about in a little article or uh, a blog, uh, this video, get it transcribed and now you can really uh, clean it up and organize it. Maybe it's going to mix. You have to mix and match it in different chapters or so forth. So that's where I, uh, I, I came up with the the amount of content that I did. I think it's about three, 300, uh, close to 330 pages of the book or so forth. Now, what I like to leave is just basically that concept of imparting wisdom so that people can better understand themselves and just uh, move closer to the, the real ideal version of themselves to be the best people that they can obviously be. That really resonates with me, Jared, and I, I really get that. I, I certainly have always been a Maslow fan, always working toward the ever-elusive self-actualization, right? We never really get there, I don't think, yes. but we, we continue to aspire for it. And I will confess to you that one of my major motivations for deciding to become a parent 14 years ago, I wasn't going to at first because I'm the oldest of four and thought I had already raised children. 
But I ultimately did so, Jarrett, because I really thought that I probably did couldn't become the best version of a human being without that experience. And I think it's been true for me because it's certainly, you know, it's been absolutely joyous, but certainly also challenging. Did I mention I've got a 14-year-old? Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I appreciate this whole notion of trying to become the best version of yourself. That is, and the fact that you can distill it that way is terrific and in- encouraging for me. Thank you. Oh, of course, yeah. And that, that's the quest, right? That's the ultimate. I, I sort of, you know, took Maslow's ideas and created my own formula. I'll just run run through them quickly if we have if we have yeah. some time. You bet. Um, Go for it. So basically, if you envision a triangle, just like sort of Maslow's pyramid and so forth, hierarchical needs, the bottom, we, we basically, I call it foundation. And this is sort of like your physical and emotional well-being. And then the, the, the ladder up from there is basically a concept of meaningful purpose and work. So this is why we go off to school and, and we try to find a career that we really uh, are passionate about or that we're skilled in, for instance, right? But it's ultimately the real need is meaningful purpose and work. And then above that, you eventually get to a place of uh, providing. You want to be a provider. And this is where parenting, you know, you got your, four, your 14-year-old, uh, probably a beautiful, beautiful child, you know, that you've been able to uh, shape and mold and so forth. But it's really a need to provide. And then ultimately, we could get to enlightenment, right? Um, and then the the level above that is teaching enlightenment. Because if you can articulate something, now you know it uh, way better. And the teacher always learns more than the student. That's something I, that I've always uh, stood by to be able to administer a lot of this content in a way. Now, this triangle goes up, and this is the way to maximum amount of pleasure of what I've what I've discovered. But there's a complete reverse that could lead you in eternal pain. Um, so instead of, uh, and I think that Maslow, for instance, they, they hinted at this, but they never really illustrated it. And I, I want to illustrate it for a lot of people because I think it helps other people understand. So if we'll meet our emotional well-being and our physical well-being, that foundation, through survival, I believe this is why a lot of people resort to drugs. There's a natural way that will be beneficial to you, for instance, that, that can provide you with that path going upward. But we often resort to the quick fix, for instance, and uh, I call it survival. You're just looking to survive, in essence. Now, there's not a whole bunch of malicious intent in that. That's why it's only the first layer. The intent get wor- gets worse as this downward triangle. You could vision it as a, a diamond. The opposite of meaningful purpose and work is significance, that you're trying to feel, feel ultimately um, – superior to other people because of this thing that you do. It's an ego gratification kind of thing. Uh, but you usually put other people down in that in that component. Uh, or you live in pain. Uh, if you think about it, uh, if I make 100000 and I uh, view myself as somebody better than somebody who's making 50000 that's all great and well. But as soon as somebody comes along and is making half a million, now you feel inadequate. And the only way you'll feel adequate again is if you make more than a half a million, only because you placed your value system there. Uh, so it leaves you in pain, ultimately. So you got to do it for a deeper reason. Again, the, the proper intent is going to be that meaningful purpose and work. And then the opposite of pro- providing, ultimately, is is domination, I call it. It's really this feeling of superiority where you, you really uh, try to try to put put other people down. It's not necessarily, um, for instance, you know, somebody could be a, be a father but not take care of their child, for instance, 
it, it's more of a feeling of dominating, not really because you actually want to provide for another human being. And it's a it's a travesty that's going on. I think the the rise of single motherhood is that is is one of an epidemic that we really need to fix. And then the opposite of enlightenment is is going down a path of manipulative intelligence. You're only becoming intelligent so that you can manipulate other people. And then uh, the opposite of teaching enlightenment would be to teach fear, how to instill fear in others. If that, if that all makes sense. I've just been sitting here listening to this going, what a perfect guest you are for working on purpose, the radio show. I mean, just perfect, Jared. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't have asked it for, asked for a, a better way to kind of talk about your message and situate it in regard to the stuff that I really care about. So that was delicious. And I'm so glad it's on tape and audio and we can actually transcribe it. Thank you. And I, I know, and I will. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, we, we work we work a lot in long hours to be able to formulate these ideas, right? And then it takes a while to articulate them, but eventually it comes together. It's a fantastic offering to our listeners. It really is what you just did there. Yeah, and everything, it took me a while to figure this out, but all the pleasure in life comes from the intent that, that it uh, precede, precedes it, you know? So... The, the, the more malicious your intent, the more pain you're going to ultimately leave. And then obviously it's, uh, it's leaving others in pain too. So uh, always move towards that upper triangle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're getting close to the end of time already together. So I want to be sure and get one, one question that I really had a thought about asking you out here. I, I am a person who is profoundly connected to the idea of physical fitness. I, I work out six days a week. I'm five foot seven, weigh about 121 pounds. I really enjoy being fit, and I'm interested in your perception, your perspective on how we connect fitness with mindfulness and productivity. Uh, absolutely. So, I mean, they've done study after study that shows that uh, people who exercise a lot actually activate more neural connections in their brain, for instance, with their body, um, that their mind is activating at a, at a sharper level. Uh, and you're getting more oxygen and blood flow, for instance. Uh, so I, I try to work out, do something physical every single day. doesn't mean an intense, you know, weightlifting session necessarily, but get walking, moving. Or But I, I love intense sprints and so forth. I feel like it just um, – motion creates, creates emotion. I'm sure everybody sort of heard that, right, energy and motion. So it, it, it gives you a different – physiology, but it's also going to change your psychology in terms of how you process things, but it's also going to get you to just appreciate life more and be more grateful for it. So uh, definitely with the with the mindfulness component of it, you're going to be able to be more focused and, and be able to be more present. I hadn't heard motion creates emotion, but that does make complete sense to me, Jarrett. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it does, for me, it feels like the more I am in tune with my fitness level and I stay committed to that, the more I am able to focus. Is that basically what I think I just heard you say there? Yeah, I think so. And, you know, when you when your diet strays too, when you eat junk, you, your, your, mind, your mind sort of follows. You know, the mind and the body are very interconnected. Uh, and often the, the pain that we experience, you know, in our body is a lot of emotional pain. There's uh, Dr. Sarno talked about this with back pain, for instance, wrote books. But it makes perfect sense when you think that the brain is connected to the central nervous system, which is connected to the peripheral nervous system. So the pain that you feel, it's very much connected to the thoughts that you have a lot of the time. Now, um, 
you do have to weigh that in with, you know, physical degeneration and all that stuff. You know, it's not just mind over matter. There is mind and matter kind of thing. But they're one in, in essence when you really integrate it. And um, it, it, it all ties together. Okay. I also feel like that I'm far more creative and able to handle stress better when I keep myself true, not just to my exercise, but as you also mentioned, to my diet. I had a guest on who talked about being able to distinguish cleansing and clogging foods, and I can totally do that. I totally understand the difference for myself, and you also helped me trace that together in terms of how I, my overall sentiment and ability to be mindful when I put those two dimensions together. So thank you for that. Nice, nice. <laughs> Hey, I, I learned just as much through this uh, this whole process, too, you know? It should be that way, right? That's it. This mm-hmm. is exactly both of us should walk away with just some, uh, maybe one slightly new, different idea. Yeah, 100%. And with that, Jarrett, we're really close to being out of time. I like to be able to give my, my guest, if you will, something of the last word. So in about a minute or so, what would you like to leave our listeners with today? Yeah, so that that main thing, I think, if you really explore the the personal wheel that you create for yourself, really just assess and analyze where you are in terms of those those eight areas, and you're going to naturally be inclined or drawn to focus on the areas where you're already strong throughout life. And I could tell you, with everybody I work for, this wheel never fails. That I, I as soon as we assess it, I know exactly where their source of stress is, and it isn't until you really balance this wheel out that you're going to eliminate your stress and at that point now you could approach everything with a clear mind and then you could bow it out to a 10 out of 10 and max it out in all areas and then uh from there the the triangle going up as opposed to going down one is fear-based it's always fear-based and the other is goodness it's love-based so the more actions you could do in terms of uh, in terms of understanding other people being aware of other people's um whatever they're going through, not judging, the less judgment you have, the less pain you'll ultimately be living through because it's operating with good intent. It's moving closer up that ladder towards love. That's going to be the max pleasure that you're going to seek in life. Wonderful way to finish, Jared. Thank you so much for joining us today and working on purpose. It has been a delight and I've learned a lot from you. Thank you. Likewise. Thanks so much, Elise. If you want to learn more about Jared and Muscle Prodigy, visit the website. Jared, what is the website? JaredGrossman.com. It's just my name. And, um, and MuscleProdigy.com. We've got a best-selling workout program, 45-day workout program. It's called MP45.com. M is in Mary, P is in Paul. Perfect. Awesome. Thanks for that, Jared. Join us next week when we're on the air with Edward Watson of Inner Drive out of the United Kingdom. We'll be talking about what he's learned in coaching school principals, teachers, and students about achieving a growth mindset and what he's observed from young people relying on technology and how doing so affects their entrance into the workforce. See you then. And remember that work is one third of our lives. So let's work on purpose. We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose, featuring your host, Elise Cortez, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, find your life's purpose at work. 